Hey, we are starting a new series tonight that I'm going to go three weeks on called um, How to Hug a Vampire. Loving the people that suck the life out of you is our subtitle, and that's Ethan. I love that, that graphic right there. Um, so tonight we're going to talk about, if you want to write at the top of your notes, it's kind of part of yours, uh, but uh, vampires hate garlic. So tonight is Vampires Hate Garlic. Next week, we're going to do the autopsy of a vampire. So we're going to take apart, not literally, but take apart the uh, anatomy of a vampire. And then in two weeks, the third message will be what to do if you've been bitten by a vampire. So vampire bite therapy will be three, three weeks from two. But have you ever had somebody in your life that, um, please don't point or holler out names or make them stand up, but <laughs> that sucked the life out of you. And we all have had those at one point in our lives. Savannah's listing them. Mm -hmm. You're one of them <laughs> and you're one of them. Uh, we've all had people in our lives that have um, done a good job su sucking the life out of us. The funny thing is that Generally, they don't know. Next week when we do the autopsy of a vampire, we're going to figure out what makes them tick and why they do what they do. But tonight we're going to talk about the effect that it has on us. I know my, I, this is the truth. This morning I sat down, I always write my messages on Wednesday, morning, Wednesday mornings, and I write them from strips of paper and emails I've sent to myself, and so I kind of compile them. Well, this morning I, didn't ha I had a few things written, but I'm like, man, I am just at a block. And then I started writing, and I realized, look how many fill-ins y'all have to this morning. But then I wrote this, I was like, what in the heck, when I tried to format that? So get ready, because we're going to go fast. So we were designed to have interaction with other people, and I think that's kind of the irony of having to deal with people that suck the life out of you, is because you were designed to be in fellowship with people. God's original design was to interact with Adam and Eve every day. So even from the beginning of this word, of this Bible, interaction among people and interaction with, with God was an original design. With interaction, it's normal to have issues with people from time to time. I think that's one of the cool things about relationships is that you can go through hard times, and when you get through hard times on the other side, you have a deeper relationship with somebody. When you've been through some stuff with somebody that, and you realize that I can depend on you, you can depend on me. Those are the cool parts of relationships is that when they're not easy and you make it through them. Being able to resolve issues is a sign of maturity and healthy living. That I don't want to mistake in anything I say to, tonight that we start being paranoid about people's motives. You're going to have issues with people all your life. So don't discount everybody's there to, to be a vampire in your life, but being able to deal with issues and resolve them is a sign of you having a level of maturity because everybody's going to have issues. However, some people aren't able to manage healthy interaction with others, and that's the ones we're talking about. The ones that cannot manage healthy relationships. They have a tendency to drain the life out of those around them. Next week is going to be very enlightening on when we do an autopsy of a vampire. But they don't know that they are draining the life out of people. They often drain the life out of those that truly care about them. Have you ever felt that? 
There, there may be people in your life that everybody has uh, walked away from them and you're like the only person that stuck with them. And in spite of you being one of a few that had stuck with them, they made it their point to make you miserable. And you're like, hey, I'm the one that stuck it out. Isn't it funny how that happens? What do you do when someone is sucking the life out of you and you truly want the best for that person? What do you do? Number one, number one, you must establish your healthy need for that person. And I'm about to go into something is why we allow vampires in our life. Nobody gets up and say, I want friends in my life to drain me of all the, nobody says that, but here's the reasons why, is that we tend to let people do what they want to do. Um, can I say this? Is, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but we do. We let them do what they want to do. Why? Because we don't want to hurt their feelings. They really are not interacting right with you, and we don't want to hurt their feelings and tell them the truth. We want them to like us. When we have to speak the truth to somebody, we run the risk of them not liking us anymore. Uh, we want them as friends. The sad part about allowing vampires in our lives is that we often think that friends with vampires is better than no friends. <laughs> and so that's really kind of a misconception because most of us can't say, well, all the only friends I have are the ones that just drain the life out of me. There, you do have friends that are healthy, but we tend to think that we don't, we don't want to get rid of that one or put that one where it needs to be in a proper order. We're going to talk about that in a second. Put that person in proper order because we don't want to lose them as a friend. We don't think that we can live without their friendship. I've had some people that have come and gone in my life that I thought, oh, I don't think I could live without their friendship. And by the grace of God, they left and by the grace and by the wisdom of God, I was better without them. Can somebody help me? I lost my place getting excited about that. You know, there are some people in your life that God will remove. Now, at the time, you may not think that that's such a great thing. But in time, you realize, thank you, God, that they're gone. I hate to say that, but thank you, God, because on the flip side of dealing with people that are vampires in your life is that at the time, you don't realize what they're doing to you. You don't realize the effect they're having on you. We um, also, we don't tend to have the guts to see or to set things right. Can I also say we don't have the guts to see things as they are? One of the sad parts about allowing vampires in people's lives is that we tend to, uh, how do you say it, be ignorant and not see the obvious. We see it as way better than it is, and it's actually, you know, in many times, a mess in the making. Romans 8, 6 says this, Now the mind of the flesh, with its sense and reasons, without the Holy Spirit, is death. I thought this was very interesting. Um, can I say this without getting waist deep in politics and social issues? But can, can I say that if, 
and I was thinking about this in the, in the car on the way here, if we tend to have a political view, let me back up. If we have a biblical view of a political issue, we tend to think that there's something wrong with us. These are the roots of how we let vampires in our lives. When we base how we believe on what the Bible says, and it's not popular with the social structure of our world, then we start apologizing for truth. And these are the seeds that get us to a place where we allow life suckers in our world because we're too busy apologizing for who we are and what we believe and what we base our life off of. I, I saw something interesting this week and I recommend you guys go watch it. If you know who um, James Robison is, maybe some of our, our adult leaders, he this last week, not this week, last week, had a bunch of Christian leaders on his program talking about the election. Now let me, let me say this with the election being less than a week away, that none of it was geared toward a candidate. None of what they said was geared toward a candidate. Let me say that. But it was kind of awesome to see James Robinson get together ministries from all over the United States of all types of doctrine, of all types of beliefs, of all types of, of backgrounds, and see, to see the unity in in one room with that many people who had one purpose, and that one purpose was this. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I am. To see the name of the Lord Jesus Christ lifted high in our country. And we really, can I say this? We have allowed the blood-sucking of politically correct, secular people to drain what we believe as what's right by the Bible and by the authority of God and, and been silent and not said anything and, and kept ours, you know, we don't want to offend anybody. And in the midst of that, people that have no foundation, no reverence for God, can I say something else? Trying to run this country. Now that's fine if you're a country that wasn't established like the United States. We're one of the only countries in the history of mankind that established our country upon a belief in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and his Father. And for some reason, we've got to a place as a country that we apologize to everybody for that. Now, I'm not saying that we can't have people of other faiths in our country. I'm welcome to that. But make no mistake, the United States is one of... Where did y'all get me off of? What? we got to fill all these in. What am I doing here? That the United States was founded by men and women that made a bold declaration that we believe in God our Father. And in making that declaration from the foundation of its inception made it the greatest nation that has ever been on this planet. That's not our doing. That's God's doing. Because we were wise enough back then to say, God, we need you in every way. Oh, what am I doing? Can I, what, I was in the middle of Romans. Help me, Jesus. Death. Oh, I don't know, because, because it says right here, the, the sense and reasons without the Holy Spirit is death. And we let people that have sense and reason that is away from God, that, are, that their thinking is toward death, tell us how to think. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, but the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now 
and forever. And I, I subtitled tonight's Vampires Hate Garlic. I don't, why do they hate garlic? So we were watching Transylvania last night, and Sammy asked that. Why do vampires hate garlic? And it was funny because I had my notes out, and I was like, see, look, right here, they hate garlic. And here's what happens with vampires is that you put out your garlic, and what happens with garlic with vampires? Does anybody like to eat garlic raw? Because you're welcome to this afterwards if you want. <laughs> So what happens here? It sets up a perimeter, right? We know vampires don't like garlic, and so we set up our garlic hope and with the hopes that this is going to keep them away. Well, watch what happens here. This is your next villain. Vampires hate garlic. And what I want to illustrate to you right now is that this area right here that I'm crudely illustrating with with vampires hating garlic is the realm of my mind, my spirit, my emotions, my heart, my joy, what makes me whole. And what we end up doing is we let all kinds of people in it. And I'm saying, I'm presenting to you that vampires hate garlic. So set up a perimeter, your next villain, that you have been made the property manager of your life. That right here is the realm of my life and what I allow in and what I give out, we should also always be allowing stuff in. We should always be something that is giving out. But here's what happens is that you have been set up as the property manager of your life. So if you're allowing all kinds of nonsense in your life, then it's by your doing. You are the steward of your mind and your heart. Vampires hate garlic. Can I make this, can I make this statement? People that are life suckers hate people that set up perimeters and allow things in and don't, don't allow things out and vice versa. The nightmare of, a, of, a, of somebody that sucks the life out of people is somebody that sets up and says, I'm gonna steward my emotions when it comes to you. I'm gonna steward my joy when it comes to you. Have you, ever, have you ever had that place where somebody was just absolutely draining the life out of you? You were depressed, you were, you were downtrodden, you were upset all the time, and you realize what in the world is all this coming from? And you realize that it's coming from one person that is, was consistently sucking the life out of you. And where did that come from? That came from when we allow people into what we have been told to steward and be the property manager of, and and then in the midst of that, we're wondering, why am I feeling this way? Because we have not been diligent about keeping that kind of person out. You're to blame if people have too much influence over your mind. I am to blame if I have set up this place as my emotions, my joy, and you can do, just put yourself in my place, my will, my happiness, my vision for what God, I think God has for me. And if I allow all kinds of people in to tell me what they think and how they think I should do it and so forth, then I am to blame if I let them be managers over what God has given me to do. I remember, and this person is a long gone, somebody telling me that what God had given me to do in ministry was not significant. In their own words, they said, you have been doing this seven years at that time. You had been, have been doing this seven years. What do you have to show for it? What I should have done 
what I didn't do, what I should have done was kicked that person out of what I've been given to steward on the spot. But instead, I let that person have influence on what I have been given authority to be the property manager of. So if we live in a place where all kinds of people are coming in and telling us what we do, what we should think, how should we respond, what our joy level should be at, then we are to blame for allowing them to be in what we were meant to steward. A healthy person is a person who sets boundaries over their heart, their lives, and their minds. We should not ever be at a place where we apologize to people that are life suckers for telling them you have gone too far. Did you hear me? I said we should not apologize to tell people that have come in in, and come into my sphere of influence, into what I've been given property management over, come in and tell me how to think, how to believe, how to hope, how how to pray, come in and tell me how to do it and not tell them this is where you get off. Number two, you must be able to communicate in love truth to that person. That's where we miss it because every single one of us have dealt with a vampire in our life and we have had, if you're honest like I am, it with great difficulty communicate truth to that person in love. Ephesians 4.15, rather let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, speaking truly, Dealing truly, living truly, enfolding in love, let us grow up in every way and all things unto him who is the head, even Christ. That we can get to a place where we deal with every person in our life, not just the vampires, every person in our life, and deal with them speaking the truth in love. This wasn't part of my notes, but Taylor and I have started kind of a, a, a group. It's just me and him, but <laughs> we're our own group. <laughs> but we've been going through this book called Wild at Heart. And in the last chapter, I don't know if it was this week or, or the week before, because we get together and we talk about it. I read this part in there where it says, if you are not being truthful with your boss, the, the onus is on you. Now, I don't have any issue with Pastor Brian because we're pretty open. We're brother-in-laws. But I have been shielding what I thought from my principal at school because I didn't want to get in the thick of it. And I got convicted. Because the truth is, if I don't like the way something is and I don't say anything about it, then I better shut up about complaining about it. And that is such it is with people in our lives. If you don't like the way that they're treating you, if you don't like the entrance that they have in your world and you don't say anything, then you just need to shut shut up and stop complaining about it because it's your own doing for not speaking the truth in love to that person. Letting that person take too much from a relationship does not help either one. That when we let somebody in our lives take and take and take and take and take and take, and we think that we're being graceful, we think that we're being tolerant, we think that we're being uh, understanding, that when you allow somebody that takes too much in your life, you're not helping you and you're certainly not helping them. People that take too much do not tend to realize that they're taking too much. Have you ever had the guts to say something to a person saying, I want you to stop doing such and such? And they look at you like, what? 
because they're clueless. We're going to talk about that next week when we cut open a vampire, not literally, that they're clueless about it. People that take too much are often in fear of losing a relationship. That's why they act crazy. We'll get into that more next week. They tend to sabotage healthy relationships trying not to lose them. Have you ever had that person that just was so into all of your business? And they were so into your business because they're like, you're just like my best friend. I just love being around you. I like being around you. You're just so much fun. Can we do something more often? Can I just move in? Can I just live with you? Can I borrow your underwear? I mean, they're just way too much into. And what do they end up doing? Sabotaging healthy relationships. Draining the life from someone is often their attempt to save the relationship in their eyes. Number three. We can't be afraid to draw back from chronically difficult relationships. We cannot be afraid to draw back from chronically difficult relationships. That that does not mean that we get rid of people. I don't want you guys to go out here and via text start getting rid of all your friends. (laughs) See you later, sucker. You just suckers, sucker. Hashtag goodbye to suckers. That doesn't mean, so when we get rid of people, that doesn't mean, we, when we draw boundaries, that doesn't mean we get rid of people. That does not mean we, start, we never talk to them again. There is something about when you draw a line in the sand with somebody that has taken too much that you still are able to interact with them in, in a decent manner without giving them the reins of your life and emotions again. That doesn't mean that you say mean things to them. This is, not, this is not that I've allowed. Here's what happens as we allow, 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 allow people to do things in our life. And then at some point we just explode and, unlo- and unleash holy Hades on them. That this, is not, this is not some license to be mean to people. It does mean you stop opening the door of your life to people that continually make messes. That's what I'm talking about. Vampires hate garlic because boundaries tell people you're not going to come in here and continue to make a mess in my world and in my life. Here's what happens with boundaries is that they start having a healthy respect for the garlic in your life. Garlic boundaries tell people this is what you're going to be able, what I'm going to allow you to do. And beyond that, we're going to have an issue forgot where I was. It doesn't, it does mean you keep people at a healthy distance without cutting them completely off. I think we think that it's all or nothing. We either let them go crazy on us or we get rid of them all together. And that it's a middle, it's a balance that we allow them a healthy distance. Let me, this, the Lord gave this to me and I make, make sure that this is your next part. Abusive relationships do not follow the normal path of healthy, healthy distance. Do not take anything that I'm saying in this series and apply it to abusive relationships. Do you hear me? What in, and, and this a 10 second little 
public service announcements on abusive relationships. There is only one way to deal with abusive relationships, and that is to cut them off completely. Am I clear? Everything that I'm saying does not pertain to people that are emotionally, physically, or sexually abusive. And as a matter of fact, the opposite is true. Get someone, your parents or somebody involved. Abusive relationships are separate and must have different actions than what we're talking about now. So I wanted to make sure, because a lot of people will think, and I, and I hope nobody in this room, in the sound of my voice, and this thing is being videoed, and who knows, we'll see it. But never apply these kind of principles to people that are abusive. Never. Philippians 2.4 says, Let each of you esteem and look up and be concerned for not his own interests, but for the interests of others. That's all we talk about. Even though somebody in my life may be taking too much that I'm still obligated by the word of God to look for their interest. That does not mean to give them free reign, to let them just do what they want, behave as they want, interact. No, but I am to look to their good interest. Verse five, let this same attitude and purpose of humble mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example of, of humility. Taylor, if you'll come down. Number four, and this is interesting. We'll talk about this in week three. What do you do when you've been bit by a vampire? Extend the same grace to others that God extends to us. We'll talk about that more in two weeks. Difficult relationships should be at the top of your prayer list. We should give God all of our relationships on a daily basis. These are just good things to do. Whether you've got a relationship that's gone rogue and gone, it's off the tracks, or if you've got a relationship that's in good standing, that we should be in a place where no matter the status of our relationship, that we always have them in prayer. We should listen to the heart of God in every relationship. God's input in every relationship is meant to keep our hearts right. This is what happens when you deal with vampires in your life is that your heart is affected by it. And even though that person might be a different face to everybody in this room, is that the true root of what it's meant to do is to affect your heart. But keeping God in the center of what I do in relationships makes sure that my heart is right. God can and wants to work in our relationship. Here's some, just some realities, and I thought, I don't mean to be crude by these, but they're just a little bit funky. Number one, there's a bunch of suckers out there. <laughs> you don't have to go far to find people that are ready to suck the life out of you. There will always be people that take too much. So from now until you're old and gray, there will always be people that take too much. Number one, I don't mean to be crude, but just to make the point, I suck. <laughs> that we all need to be at a place that we say, I suck too. We need to be aware when we're taking too much from a relationship. Number three, we all suck. All humans, as humans, we need a balance in our life of love and grace. Anytime that the balance of love and grace is off in our lives, we're probably sucking the life out of somebody. 
God's input can reveal an unhealthy dependency that we have for a person. That's why when you bring your relationships to the Lord in prayer, see, I told you there was a ton of, everybody's gonna have writers cramped by the end of tonight. (laughs) What in the world? That God's input reveals unhealthy dependencies that we have. We end up with what we put up with. That we can bellyache and complain and riot and all kinds of things, but if we don't ever set up a boundary of garlic for, for our vampires, and if we never steward the property that, we get, that we've been given to manage, if we never steward this, then we can't complain with what we allow. We too often think this is as good as it gets. Have you ever been part of a relationship, whether romantic or friendship, that you thought, my God, this is a mess, but I'm sure this is as good as it gets. That is a lie. As a matter of fact, healthy conversations about boundaries is what makes it better. We don't think we'll have any good relationships, so we keep the bad ones to keep them too close. And we'll talk more about that in two weeks when we talk about how to survive a vampire bite.